And I've always believed in the messages that I'm putting out into the world. So it just all seemed like it was like a good path to go down until it wasn't because I was like, I have to lead a life that I would want, I'd be proud of people to follow. So if I'm posting about positive marriage stuff, if I'm posting about self-care, if I'm posting about all this stuff, you are not allowed to live this like super stressed out life where you're not putting your husband first and then show up here like you have it together. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We wanted to start this episode by addressing the current climate, the social justice movement that is happening right now, Black Lives Matter. This has been a really difficult month for our country and for the world for that matter, as we start to come to grips with not only the death of George Floyd, but also all of the men and women before him and all of the men and women to come. I think it was this time where our country was absolutely taken by the shoulders and shook and we couldn't ignore this problem anymore. As a podcast and as a business, Abby and I knew one thing was for certain. We weren't willing to come on here and perform for you guys. I was very adamant that we needed to be a part of long-lasting change. I didn't want to rush into this conversation before Abby and I were ready for it. And we also had quite a few conversations about inclusivity and diversity before all of this happened. And my main point has always been, it's not a box you check. It is a way of life that you have to live. So let me make it very clear and in no uncertain terms, Black Lives Matter and we are for this movement. For me, I think it's really important to act as a pace car and not a race car because I want my involvement to be long lasting and not at risk for burnout. As I told my fellow mastermind cohorts, which is a group of business owners that I'm a part of, I said, I really don't care what you guys have done in the last two weeks on social media. To me, that doesn't matter at all. It's in one year. Can I ask you about what you did and where your business is now? And can you succinctly answer that for me? And better yet, can I just look at your business and see it? Like, that's what I want. That's the part, that's a world that I want to live in. So behind the scenes, Abby and I were doing work. And that's what we're opening up a little bit about today. And behind the scenes, we were working to make sure that we were, number one, educating ourselves, but number two, that we were respecting Black women. 
We did not want to run out, try to get someone who we didn't know, someone who's already been doing this work and really pouring themselves into it just to have an interview on our podcast. We wanted to act in the most respectful way and respect their time, respect their talent, and just know that this conversation will continue. We just really didn't want to rush it from the start. The last thing that people needed from us was to run in with emotions and not have a better full picture view of the actual problem and the solutions. So just like for so many people, this is going to be ongoing work, like it will. And we're going to walk our talk to practice inclusivity, not only on the podcast and with this brand new business, but in our own homes as individuals, which some of that is seen, but a lot of it is going to go unseen. Agreed. And not everything makes it on social media, but that doesn't mean that the work isn't being done. Right. Racism has been a part of my life for my whole life, just coming from um, a mom that is full Native American. I can tell you, these conversations are really impactful. Like I have always, maybe not always, but I call people out when they are saying something that is um, racist and it's not as hard or scary as it sounds. I think most people just don't realize that they're doing it. Like that's just not their, um, their worldview is pretty small. Mm -hmm. And so they don't Mm -hmm. understand when they're making like a sweeping generalization and you can point it out to them. And I've found that people take that pretty well. Um, So just an encouragement if you guys are like brand new and eager that, you can make a difference in the people around you and that what happens inside of our own homes and inside of our own families really does matter right now and forever. So we just wanted to thank you guys. We have such an amazing community um, who have supported us and we know that a lot of you know our hearts. I know we're not going to let you down. So there's more to come, including interviews, when the time is right for every person involved. So today we wanted to switch gears and we're going to talk about something that is actually very relevant right now. And that's the idea of the influencer life and the trap of comparison. So we have talked about Dave and Rachel Hollis on our podcast before, and for anyone that doesn't know them, just to give you quick context, they are absolutely enormous in like the Mm self-help world. Um, And over the past about three years, they have dove in to talking a lot about marriage. They have a podcast dedicated to it. Both of them have written books where they talk about their marriage and um, conferences. And, yeah, conferences. They have the journal. Like, what am I missing? <laughs> the, big, the big money spend right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Conferences. And it all centers around them having an exceptional marriage. Well, imagine everyone's surprise when we were in the middle of Black Lives Matter and they announced they are getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we say exceptional marriage, that's their words. Yeah, like that's not, not <laughs> that's not our words. Like they have literally built a business around rising together as a couple. Like that's the name of their podcast for those of you who don't know. Um, and I, Amy and I both have followed them from the start. Like we, 
I literally listened to episode one of Rise Together when they started yeah. recording it. Like it was a really big part of of our lives, of my life especially. And I was I was really, really shook up from it. Like I was completely saddened. Um, it took me a lot longer to process than Amy. I think a lot of things, it just takes me longer to process than it does with Amy. But I was really sad and quiet when we first started having those conversations. And I think that for many of us, we went through a series of emotions, not just with Dave and Rachel Hollis, but with any celebrity or person who you really look up to and put on that pedestal, all of a sudden finding out that they not, they're not the people that you thought that they were you know, sadness, betrayal, wondering what to believe, what not to believe. Did I waste my time the last couple of years? Were there any pieces of this that I shouldn't have been bringing into my own marriage because theirs ended in divorce? Like that's the least obviously that we want for any of our marriages. But then eventually the anger started coming and just feeling really, really duped that I had been listening to a couple that was having their own internal battles I felt like I was holding them, their marriage, their relationship, the products that I had bought from them, their content, everything on a pedestal. And it's just a really good learning lesson that it's so easy to idolize people who you don't know the ins and outs of. It's so easy to idolize them and think that everything's going perfectly when there's a lot below the surface. Yeah. And it was it was really interesting to watch Abby kind of go through it for me. It was clear deception because for three years in their divorce statement, they said that they've kind of been heading down this road for three years. So let's be very clear. For me, I'm not upset that they're getting divorced. I think that that has a place. I don't know them well enough to have any judgment on that. For me, it's the fact that they had branded themselves, and that's what you can call it, branded themselves as this they put themselves on a pedestal like as much as much Mm -hmm, as people are mm -hmm. saying we put them on a pedestal they put themselves on a pedestal and um and so for me what it was is it felt like they it was a very deceptive thing to also have the chorus that you're so real you're so Mm -hmm. authentic that was that's part of their brand too is like we're gonna tell it how it is so it's like well wait you missed like a huge freaking part because if you were headed towards divorce for three years how did that never get mentioned mm-hmm. if you're the realist and the truest so for me honestly when celebrities get divorced I don't even blink an eye because I I know I don't know them like that for Rachel and Dave it was as if they had let let us know them like that like that was mm-hmm. their um kind of their thing so that's for me where like the disappointment in those people happened and i do think this is a really interesting topic for us to cover on herself because i told drew okay so i saw the news on social media it was like 8 p.m it dropped And so who am I around? I'm just around (laughs) Drew. So Drew has to talk to me about this because I'm like, Drew, they are getting divorced. And and like I just told him why that didn't sit well with me, especially how they phrased it and everything like that. And uh, Drew, I could tell he's kind of like, why do you care? You know, but I said it would be the exact same as if Drew and I announced out of nowhere, we were getting divorced because I know I talk about my marriage in a way of we have a really good thing here, you guys. And here 
I can tell you where we've stumbled and where we've come together. Like I try to really show that side of it. But I know people have a very um, rosy view of our marriage and that I am um, I am helping to show it in that way. It is that way. Mm-hmm. I love our love. I think we do have something so special. So to me, it felt like, okay, now here here goes Rachel and Dave. And everyone was like, we can't trust anyone. Screw all the influencers. Who are these mm-hmm. podcasts? You know, and I was like, but it's never fair to put everyone into one category. So like everyone versus influencer culture to me isn't fair because I know I'm not deceiving at the level that they are deceiving. Right, right. And one of our podcast listeners, her name's Adita, she brought up, I just love this quote, and it's not verbatim, So, but she said, it's kind of like you follow these people and they're vegan. They create vegan content. They make cool vegan shirts to wear. They have a cooking show about veganism. They write a book about being vegan. And then you find out they're slamming bacon cheeseburgers. It's like one of those things you're like, wait, what? Like I've been following you for this specific reason. And now my head is turning the exact opposite way. So and it happens. It does happen. Well, yeah. And I think it's when people like pigeonhole themselves. And I bet you, I mean, Dave and Rachel got into this space and then it probably felt like we can't really get out like for sure uh, that they the difference for me is if they just would have along the journey said hey you guys we are doing some pretty intense couples therapy because we're having a really hard time right now and for those of you that are listening that are like they don't owe you that well they kind of do because they're charging 1500 bucks to come to their marriage conference and they're literally saying they're open books so i just don't think that chapter can be the one that's closed but you sell everyone the mm-hmm. the pretty cover picture I just really wish they would have taken some time away from the influencer world to save their marriage instead of saving their business at the sake of their marriage. Because I think so much of it was probably difficult to keep their marriage alive in so many respects. I mean, whatever whatever we're thinking of, it's not Dave and Rachel, if it's somebody else. But so much of it goes back to putting so much time and energy into something that isn't your marriage and what's left at the end of the day, like having one weekly date night with a whole bunch of makeout sessions during the whole week. Yeah, that can only go so far. There has to be a lot more involved with it. And honestly, for me, though, when you say that, I'm like, but we there's more to come because when they open up and they tell their story, which I know they're going to because this Mm -hmm. is their Mm -hmm. life, like we don't know what is to come. So I'm open to that. I'm open to hearing what they have to say. You know, who knows? what they they went through or what they're going through um it's just the deception that i took issue with and like abby said this isn't just dave and rachel hollis like we wanted to pull back on this conversation and talk about the culture we live in because what happens right now is you can curate your life in these squares and in these stories to essentially look however you want it to look. And people tend to believe you. Um, 
I, I was reading this article in preparation for the podcast, and it said that nearly three quarters of Gen Z and millennials follow influencers on social media. Okay, yeah, we know that. But the majority said that they trust influencers more than their favorite celebrities when it comes to advice about brands, products, or anything like that. So for me, we're really putting our trust into influencers. And what I think, what a lot of times what I want to share with my followers is you guys, you have to take it person by person. So sometimes I'll be following a girl that mostly does um, like style beauty and she'll take a collaboration and I'm like, girl, I know you would never shop mm-hmm. there. I like literally in my bones can tell this is off for you because of the way you're presenting it. You're trying to slide it in like it's just you took that money and I'm not mad at you for taking the money, but I know you would never shop there. And so for me, that's sometimes where I'm like, you know what? I don't, I can't believe all of how you review your clothes if you're willing to take collaborations that are really off for you and it doesn't feel like right. Does that make sense? Well, and Amy's so good at this because you have been in the influencer world. Like, I feel like you have a better eye for these things than some than like me, for instance, and which is also why when we are lining up podcast sponsors, because we've only had one podcast sponsor, and this isn't to brag, but we have had dozens and dozens and dozens of companies reach out to us wanting to sponsor. So it's just literally finding the right fit, something that Amy and I would both do personally if we were getting paid or if we were paying for the product. Like if we're not going to pay for the product ourselves, we're never going to share it with you. So just know that today, in the past, going forward, that is always going to be our promise when we're working um, with sponsors or any type of product that we're sharing. Right. And I think it's this idea that all you have is your name. That's so it. if I put my name on something and then you guys all order it and it's like falling apart or burning your hair or doing something crazy, I'm like, I literally said for them to buy that. So that is my name. So that's for me. It's like... You have to be really, really careful in what you recommend in order to gain trust. And then you gain that trust and you cannot, it's, it is kind of like a marriage. Like you have to continue to show up for each other and you have that mutual trust and respect. Um, So it just makes us more aware, right? Like what can we learn from this? Mm -hmm. You guys as consumers, you have to practice a level of not just following blindly. Like you have some skin in the game too. Say, you know what? I just feel like her messaging is off. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna trust her in the way that I might trust someone else. Like I do think that's part of the it equation because I don't think influencers are going away. Influencers for sure aren't going anywhere. So as a consumer, just know a couple of things. There are many influencers out there that purchase fake followers. So you might be like, yeah, 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 we get that. But do you know the impact it has on you as a consumer, but also on the stats, on advertisers? It's very misleading. And just in 2019 alone, $1.3 billion was lost in advertisements due to misleading and having fake followers. $1.3 billion. Like that's a lot of money. And that is just in the influencer world. Fake sponsors, fake giveaways, it's really all part of a game that some of these influencers are playing. And you might just see it as a post, but 
those posts that people have when it has the little sponsored by or working with hashtag ad, hashtag affiliate, that's there's big money behind it. Um, all of these posts have a lot of red tape. I'm learning right now that I did some things probably wrong in the beginning. Good thing I had like three followers, so it wasn't a big deal. But uh, Amy always is like, Abby, make sure you're doing it right. Like, make sure this is what you have to have in there. I'm like, holy moly, like I know how to do business in the world when I'm working on an email database and going in person, driving down to wherever it is. I can do business that way. Selling online is totally different. Well, yeah, it's all about transparency. So you Mm. have to say that if it's an affiliate link, you have to let your customers know or your followers know you will get be, be paid a commission. If it's a sponsored post, and that means that the business pays you to produce that content, and they're very specific. One of the reasons I went away from taking collaborations is because I just hated how for a lot of businesses, you have to say certain words, they have to approve your message. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't need anyone to approve what's coming out of my mouth. Because that is like, you're trying to make me say your marketing terms. And that's not my reaction to your product. Like, let me have my own reaction to your product. Um, to post about it, like period. So for me, the game is too sticky. I don't like that the company, a lot of them, and just like anything, there's great companies to work with, ones that did not have all of those rules. They let me be me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I just think that with all of this, there's just a level of transparency that is owed to your followers that needs to be upheld because people should know you're getting paid to say the good things about that product. Like anytime there's a sponsored collaboration happening, that woman or man wants to favorably speak about that product because then they will, maybe they're going to get paid more if there's a certain performance. Um, If it's an affiliate link, obviously they get paid per purchase. So just, you know, be really smart as the consumer. And Amy, you've been at this, what, maybe six years between Balanced Aims and then having some of these sponsors and then a growing Instagram account. So have you ever found yourself like getting too wrapped up in it or having to be part of your your life outside of the Instagram world as well? Oh my gosh, of course. And I think that anyone that claims that she or he hasn't is lying through their teeth mm. to you because it is this world where you... You know, I was growing really fast in Instagram world and in my blog when I was pregnant with Trey, our second. And it was like any post I put up, you know, was doing well, getting all the comments. Like it just really felt like I was feeding this machine that just kept going down the tracks and it needed me to have it run. Um, I was also at that time, I was a nurse. I was starting my business. Like I had so much on my plate, but I felt like I couldn't take my foot off the gas pedal because I just knew that growing was really going to help my business. And I've always believed in the messages that I'm putting out into the Mm -hmm. world. So it just all seemed like it was like a good path to go down until it wasn't because I was like, I have to lead a life that I would want, I'd be proud of people to follow. So if I'm posting about positive marriage stuff, if I'm posting about self-care, if I'm posting about all this stuff, 
you are not allowed to live this like super stressed out life where you're not putting your husband first and then show up here like you have it together. So I remember writing this blog post and it was called To Hustle or To Listen to the Heart because I knew my heart was saying like this pace is too fast and you're going to crash. And so it was at that time where I was like, you guys, I can't keep up with this blog anymore. You can find me on Instagram. I am not going to be posting as much on Instagram. Like it was just this whole like um, period of time where I really had to have a gut check and change. And so that was one example. Um, But yeah, I think it's safe to say that most people that get into this influencer lifestyle, we'll call it, at one point or another, those numbers are really driving them. And it's addicting. Yeah. Like these apps are created to be addicting. You have a notification that chimes off and all of a sudden you get this these feel-good hormones fill your body. Like it's an actual science of, oh, someone likes me or someone likes my my post or there's a comment on this or I'm able to connect with somebody in a different way. And it's just so interesting how like all of these apps were built around that, built around the influencer lifestyle, yet it can overtake your entire life if you let it. It can overtake your entire life. And so, Amy, I know that your boys are still too young right now to have an opinion um, because they're single digits. But what about Drew? Has he ever run into issues with any of this? Well, yeah, I will say um, Drew Drew's the most supportive. So he loves my businesses. He loves what I'm doing. He's so nice. But it was getting to a point where I was doing a lot of the social media work at night. I recently posted about this, but he said, he was like, babe, I want you at night. Like, it's hard that you're always on your phone at night. And so I had to make adjustments. I remember telling you Mm -hmm. and um, the girls that we, I work with at Expecting and Empowered to say like, you guys, I'm putting up some boundaries around my evening. Like, because I needed certain things to be done on their end for me to be able to get the post up. Um, And so I said, I'm like, I'm done with this. It cannot be a day to day thing where we're scrambling like this has to be done so that I can have this time with Drew. And I will say too, like, because I've had these conversations with Drew, I'm like, it is so hard because I love my community. Like I've really built these communities where I care about the people and I can tell they care about us. And so when you get all of these messages, you want to help that mom that has a breastfeeding question, the mom that has a question about her exercise routine, a mom that has this. But honestly, I would say probably get like 500 messages a day. Are you listening to that? It's 500 a day. Like that's a lot of messages. And and so Drew's like, Amy, you just have to understand like you cannot, you're not going to be able to get back to them all. Like Mm -hmm. there was a point where I was literally trying to get back to every single person's message every day. And that's when Drew was like, babe, you're like always on your phone at night. Um, So I had to kind of release myself to be like, okay, I know I can give some dedicated time to responding, but I also know I have to walk my talk and protect my family time. I just think this conversation is really cool to put into terms for you guys too as um, followers. 
here's what it is. I'm like, okay, number one, a lot of people are addicted to social media, whether they're the influencer or whether they're the follower. So before we toast these these women and men, let's look at our own lives and what we're doing. Because I know when I put up a story, it's like 2,000 people watch it within 10 minutes. So who has their phone out? Like, you know, mm-hmm. so that's, that's like, first of all, because I think it's really easy to just like gaslight the problem onto the influencer So I always like to say, as myself, as me, I've got to take accountability as the follower of of the people that I follow. Number two, when I am telling you guys like, oh, I have, you know, 500, 600 messages, it's not, I, I love what I do. So I'm not seeking for you guys to not send them to me or anything like that. But I, I like to put it into context, like what if you had 600 text messages mm-hmm. that you were mm-hmm. responsible for answering every day while you were mothering, while you were trying to run your business, while you were trying to take care of yourself and and try to like have that softness of like, oh, maybe like maybe she is really busy and it's not like a personal attack on me that she's not responding. She's just literally trying to live her life. Um, and so I really love the connection. I have to say sometimes when it's, Amy, I know you've shared that a flood of crop top three times, but could I have a link? It's like, guys, I'm not like, yeah. that's not me. I'm not a style blogger. I'm not going to go grab you a link because I've shared it now three times. Um, so I, I just think it's cool to be mindful of each other, like both sides to to say, okay, if Kate Lemire has shared and told me to screenshot her dressing recipe, I need to do that. I don't need to come at her four weeks later and say, hey, where is that dressing that you get, you know? Um, so I think that's part of it. And all of those just take time. Like it's it's an extra two to three to five minutes every single time that you're going through those DMs. So it's not like you don't like those questions because you do answer those questions a lot. I was one of the people who asked you about <laughs> fill in the blank for many, many years. <laughs> Um, but it is so interesting hearing the other side of it now and being like, oh, okay, can I look this up on Google instead of asking the influencer who I follow? Probably. I could probably look it up on Google or could I go through her blog post and look it up? Yeah, I definitely could and do there that. there's so many nice women out there that honestly oh, for are like, sure. I checked your highlights. I did yeah. this. Like, <laughs> she's like, I did everything. I'm so happy to answer. Like, I love the women out there. Um, it's just, I think sometimes just the mindfulness of not just saying, wait, what? Um, When you could probably grab that answer yourself. But the bigger scope of this entire conversation is like, let's start to think about who we are putting on these pedestals. Mm -hmm. Let's start to think about who we are following. I know when we back way back in episode two now, when we were talking about body image, I said I had to start following people that didn't just have eight abs showing because I was my mind was getting warped that every single person was in shape and I was like not on I was on the lower half of the bell curve that's how like your mind can get so warped by who you're following and so in this conversation I just wanted to be like you guys like open it up if you're if you open your screen and you see only the women that have children in perfectly matching clothes that are always trying to sell you this lifestyle that we know as women that have multiple children like you can't 
you're it's not always together. None of us have it all Mm-mm. together. Mm-mm. But what are you exposing yourself to every day? And start to think about that because in the past year when I've started to think about that, it's really helped my feed become more of a place where I'm not getting stuck in comparison all the time. Uh, all the time. And it's so easy to do, whether you're following 10 people or 10,000 people, because you are seeing the exact same thing over and over and over again. And those algorithms, like when you start liking those photos with the five kids who are perfectly dressed and everyone is smiling at the exact same time, you're going to see a lot more photos of those people who are perfectly dressed, <laughs> smiling at the exact same time. So it's just such a crazy way how everything in the app world just works uh, for you or for against you, depending on what you're looking for. So I know this was an episode that might have you feeling a little bit weary as you look into your own life. Maybe you're wondering, have I been putting my friends, maybe influencers, celebrities on this pedestal that really might not be deserved? But just know that Amy and I, were committed to always sharing our realities. Um, we want to be authentic, but we also want to grow with you. So we share the struggles because we know that somebody is going through that right now. Um, and we share the real because, well, otherwise we wouldn't have any content because we have. <laughs> there's a lot of lot of struggles going on, um, fun struggles. But when you have a whole bunch of toddlers, it just happens that way. And we'd be lying to you if we said that we didn't have any work to do. But hopefully that comes across loud and clear, um, not only on the Herself social media platform, but also on our personal platforms. And we would love to continue these conversations. So follow us over on Instagram at Herself Podcast. And we can't wait to connect with you over there.